Dear brothers and sisters, may God's peace be with you all. Let us come before God and pray. Dear Lord, the fear of you is the beginning of wisdom. Now when we ponder how we can gain a heart of wisdom, may we give you the fear that is due to you. May your Holy Spirit touch our hearts, remove our rebellion so that we may receive your truth and have eternal life. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let us hear God's word. Please open your Bible. It is Psalm 90. Psalm 90. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70, or even by the reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. May the Lord bless his word. Today is the last day of 2023. And tomorrow we will enter the year 2024. Have you made any New Year's resolution yet? If you have already made some, or are going to make some, what are they? 
Statistics tell us that the top New Year's resolutions include getting wealthier, getting healthier, losing weight, and traveling more, and among others. However, the great Puritan pastor and theologian Jonathan Edward had very different New Year's resolutions. Some of his resolutions are, quote, resolved never to lose one moment of time, but to improve it in the most profitable way possible. Resolved never to do anything that I would be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Resolved that I will live in such a way that I will wish I had lived when I come to die. Unquote. Brothers and sisters, if you and I truly desire to live lives in 2024 that are according to the will of God, we should follow the example of Jonathan Edwards, who always had an eternal perspective and maximized his time and effort for the glory of God. This is also the main teaching of Psalm 90 in today's sermon. Let us study this wonderful psalm together and learn how to gain a heart of wisdom. But before looking at the contents of psalm, let me explain the setting of this psalm first. Psalm 90 is one of the oldest psalms in the entire collection. No other psalm is labeled as a prayer of Moses in the superscript. The language used in this psalm bears many resemblances to the five books of Moses, especially the book of Deuteronomy. Therefore, despite some suggestions to the contrary, we can confidently attribute this psalm to Moses. After nearly forty long years of wandering in the wilderness, Moses was in his old age, and reflecting on his own life and the entire journey he had walked with the people of Israel. On one hand, he had experienced God's greatness and His marvelous acts, but at the same time, he had witnessed. The rebellion and the hard-heartedness of the Israelites, which resulted in God's punishment, leading to the death of many before they could enter the Promised Land. This mixed experience taught Moses two important lessons: the eternal nature of God, and the temporal. Nature of human life. He was deeply convinced that the reason why humans suffer is due to their disobedience against God, and they constantly live under God's wrath. Therefore, he wrote this psalm as a prayerful purpose response. In the hope that God might teach him and his people in a way that they would gain wisdom of heart. 
I'm going to talk about three main points. To gain a wisdom of heart, first we need to know God's eternality and man's mortality, from verses one to six. Second, we need to number our days aright, from verses seven to twelve. And third, we need to rest on God's grace. From verses thirteen to seventeen, let us look at the first point. Please keep your Bible open. Moses begins with a statement regarding the relationship between God and humanity. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Moses initiates his prayer to God by acknowledging that God is the one who created the entire world for people to live in. God has shown kindness by providing rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He abundantly supplies people with food and fills their heart with joy. In other words, since the moment of creation, the Lord has been the dwelling place and refuge for humanity. Even though humans may at times distance themselves from their Creator, God continues to care for them, and His common grace is available to all people throughout all generations. Then Moses continued, in verse two, before the mountain were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. This verse emphasizes that God exists from everlasting to everlasting. In other words, God is eternal. He has always been and always will. He is entirely self-sufficient and not reliant on anything or anyone for his existence. While everything else in the universe has a beginning and an end, he exists outside of this temporal framework. He is the one who created time, space, and matter. He is the source of all existence, and he is the one who sustains. Everything. This is what Moses wants us to comprehend. But sadly, many modern philosophers claim that God is only the creation of man's imaginations, and atheists deny God's existence and His creation, saying that the universe came to exist by itself. Or nothing created everything. But if you think about it, how can nothing create everything? Just like a chair needs a carpenter, a painting needs an artist, and a building needs a builder. The universe must have a creator, and that creator is the eternal God. According to the Bible, denying God is not an intellectual issue, but moral issue. 
Psalm 14 verse 1 tells us that the biggest folly is to deny the existence of God. The reason they deny it is not because there is not enough evidence, but it is because of the hardness of their heart. The book of Romans chapter 1, it says they suppress the truth, live in disobedience, and follow their own desires. That's why we often see people living empty, wicked, immoral lives. Therefore, a heart of wisdom begins with the recognition of the most crucial truth, God's existence and His eternal nature. Contrasting to the eternality of God, from verses 3 to 6, Moses talks about the mortality of man. Verse 3, you return man to dust and say, return, O children of man. Here Moses wrote about dust, alluding to Genesis chapter 2 to 3, which tells us that God breathed life into dust to create man and woman. However, after they fall, they receive the sentence of returning to dust. In other words, compared to God's eternal nature, humanity is temporal and mortal. Moses then provides three illustrations to convey this truth in verses 4 to 6. To us, a thousand years might seem very long, but to God, it is akin to a day or a watch in the night. We're like a fleeting dream, easily swept away like a flood, while God remains a constant presence. Our lives are like a grass, flourishing in the morning and perishing by evening, whereas God is ever lasting when we consider god's eternal existence human life appears short limited and fragile this truth becomes evident through daily news every day a multitude of individuals pass away for various reasons such as illness, accidents, natural disasters, homicides, war conflicts, and among others. Reports indicate that 151,600 people pass away daily, equating to 105 individuals per minute or nearly two individuals per second. Just like that. Two people die. Despite hearing such news and recognizing that death is a common occurrence, many of us tend to believe that it will not affect us. We wake up every day, go about our routines, such as going to work, 
going for shopping, going to the gym, and so on. And we assume that we will do the same tomorrow. We often think we have plenty of time left, particularly if we are in good health. However, the reality is that we are mortal, and we cannot be certain of waking up the next morning. Kobe Bryant. A five-time NBA champion is widely regarded as one of the greatest players in the history of the game. However, tragically, while traveling in a private helicopter with his daughter and seven others, he lost his life in a crash. He could have never anticipated that that particular day would be his last. On earth. Therefore, my friends, even though we may be reluctant to accept it, the truth remains: we are mortal, and we all have an end in our earthly life, and we don't know when our last day is. To acquire a heart of wisdom. Our first step is to acknowledge the eternal nature of God and the mortality of humanity. Secondly, to gain a heart of wisdom, we need to number our days aright. Moses continues in verses seven to eight: "For we are brought to an end by your anger." By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. After making a general statement about God's eternality and humans' mortality, Moses expresses his fear here about God's anger. It is because God is absolutely holy and just; He has never let sins go unpunished. God is also omniscient; He knows all our sins, even the secret ones. For this reason, we are under His wrath. With this same reason, Moses goes on to describe humans' lives are but difficult and miserable. From verse nine, we bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength, eighty. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we. Fly away. It is such a gloomy but true picture for human life. I have already reached the middle point of my life. Time has passed quickly. Only when I see my boys growing into adulthood is when I realize I'm getting old. Even though I don't want to admit it, 
And last week, when I went for an eye checkup, I was informed that I needed multifocal glasses. <laughs> Someone said that as we age, everything goes down. Our energy, our strength, our muscle mass, and our organs all goes down, but one thing goes up, which is our blood pressure. <laughs> As we age, we also tend to miss the things in the past. Occasionally, our family sit down together to watch videos from when my sons were little. And those videos bring me to tears. I wish I could have gone back to that time. I wish I could correct the parenting mistakes I have made. I wish I could have done better and loved them more. However, more than two decades quickly passed and I finished these years with a mourn and a sigh. Brothers and sisters, our lives are fleeting and miserable, and all of us are walking toward our tombs. And the reason of it is because of our sins. This is what Moses wants us to fully grasp he doesn't want to suppress us, but to help us so that we can seek a solution. Therefore, Moses goes on and asks in verse 11, Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? It is a rhetorical question. Moses already knew the answer, which is not many. Not many people are aware of their sins, or simply they don't want to admit their sins. Not many people consider the power of God's wrath. Not many people fear God. Therefore, they ignore Him, they run away from Him, and they rebel against Him. However, Moses urges us not to do the same. He wants us to give the due respect to God. He wants us to consider the power of His anger. Jeremiah 10.10 10 says, When God is angry, the earth trembles. The nations cannot endure His wrath. Psalm 67 says, O Lord, it is you alone who are to be feared, who can stand before you when you are angry. No one. No one can stand before God's wrath. Each of us is to face eternal punishment because of our sins. despite our dire situation. But the good news is that God has not forsaken us. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth a prophet like Moses, who is Jesus Christ, 
born of woman, born under the Lord, to die on the cross for redeeming our sins. Whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. In other words, Jesus Christ, as the Lamb of God, offer himself as our propitiation, satisfying the Father's wrath on our behalf. Through him, we can receive forgiveness for our sins. Through him, we can enjoy the eternal blessing with God. Through him, we can escape from eternal death and enter eternal life. Isn't the wonderful good news. But the questions are, do you trust in Jesus Christ? Do you love him from the bottom of your heart? When you fly away, will you be resting in God's eternal peace? Or will you be suffering under the eternal peace? fire. The true wisdom is acknowledging God's anger against sin, seeking to fear Him and trusting Jesus as our Savior. When we do so, we will turn to God and ask Him for help. That is what Moses does in verse 12. He prays to God and says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Moses understood that if we follow our fleshly desires, we will lose sight of eternal matters and become preoccupied with earthly things. Therefore, he urges us to seek God's guidance that we can have eternal perspective and make the most of the time he has given us. Apostle Paul also teaches in Ephesians chapter 5, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How do you use your time? Are you making the most of your time? Are you using your time according to God's will? Inspired by Jonathan Edwards, we should often ask ourselves, Will I live in such a way that I will wish I had lived when I come to die? Will I live in such a way that I will wish I had lived when I come to die? Imagine you are lying on a bed, awaiting the call of your final moment. What do you think? you will want to do most when you have more chances? What will be most important to you when you look back? 
Will breaking a record in your favorite computer game still be important? Will you still worry about how many likes you have on your social media posts? Will you still care about the latest movie, TV shows, or concert? Or will you still check the share market in every ten minutes? When you need to face God and give an account to Him, what do you want to show Him? Do you want to show Him your latest houses, your latest cars, your most recent qualifications, or your latest promotions? Brothers and sisters, we must keep. Our focus on eternity to guide us in living our earthly lives. No matter how old you are, whether you are thirty, fifty, eighty, or any ages, when we still have chances, we need to repent from our sins and choose to live a wise life now. We need to pray to God and ask Him to teach us number our days. We need to ask Him to help us reprioritize our lives. We need to seize every opportunity to serve God and others. And moreover, verse twelve also gives us a sense of urgency. That means if you consider something important, don't procrastinate. If you believe something can contribute to your spiritual growth, take action now. If you have a relationship to correct or need to ask someone for forgiveness, take action now. Then, when we face God. We will not regret, and be like Paul saying in Second Timothy four seven that I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, and there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. A heart of wisdom, amid God's eternality. And man's mortality. A heart wisdom knows how to number our days and make the most of it. Here comes the final point: a heart wisdom knows how to rest on God's grace. Verse thirteen: Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. After walking with God for many years, Moses knows God well. In his understanding, God is merciful and faithful, and He will always keep covenant with His people. So many times, when he prayed to God, asking for His mercy on His community, 
God listened and answered his prayers. That's why here he again boldly makes such a petition to God for his mercy and grace. Moses also knows that God has all the answers for us. So he continues to pray for God's favor, asking him to make known to their children. The final verses are, May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Establish the work of our hands. Moses wants us to know that only when God's favor rests on us, then will we see lasting results. Therefore, he prays for God's favor to rest upon his people. And he desires God's gracious approval and assistance in all our efforts. As we conclude this psalm, Moses reminds us that no matter our circumstances, or past mistakes, we should always remember that God is merciful and gracious and His love endures forever. We all make mistakes and we all have regrets in the past. Much like Moses, who dedicated his life to serving God but was barred from entering the promised land after disobeying God by striking the rock for water. Despite his failure and regret, Moses still holds on God's grace and continues to trust him. We are encouraged to do the same. God is faithful and merciful a contrite heart he would never despise. As long as we humble ourselves, come before him and confess our sins, he will cleanse all our iniquities through the blood of Jesus Christ. We might have made many mistakes. We might have many regrets. We might have squandered our time on earthly things before. When we come to Jesus, He can make things anew. And He will repay us for the years eaten by locusts. These are the promises of God which will never fail us, which we can fully trust. There will always be hope in Jesus Christ. By His grace, we can start afresh. Let me finish the sermon with Billy Graham's testimony. Billy Graham is one of the greatest evangelists of modern times. 
It is estimated that he personally preached to over 250 million people in more than 185 countries during his crusade. Throughout his life, he maintained a high level of integrity, honesty, and self-discipline. Everyone who came into contact with him had the highest regard for him. Even in his later years, he continued to be a witness for the Lord. And one video showed him giving his final message to the people when he was in his 90s. Despite having lost most of his teeth, a weak voice and a trembling hand, he was still filled with passion and confidence, sharing the story of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross for humanity. I was deeply moved and inspired by his faithful service to the Lord. I wish I could be like him, still sharing the gospel and being used by God in my old age. Dear brothers and sisters, our lives are like grass, like a dream, like a mist. Soon, we will be gone. According to 1 John 2.17, the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Only when we do the will of God and live according to His principles can we experience a lasting and meaningful existence that extends beyond this earth life into eternity. Dear friends, if you don't know Christ yet and now you have heard the gospel, it is your responsibility to respond to his salvation. Seize this wonderful opportunity now and believe in him. Don't wait for tomorrow as we don't know if we will have tomorrow. A heart of wisdom is to admit God's eternity and man's mortality. A man's wisdom is to know how to number our days aright. A heart of wisdom is to fully trust in God, to total depend on His mercy and grace, and to work in His will. I pray for you and myself that we can make the best use of the time given by God. And that's when we finish our lives on earth and see him face to face. We will not have many regrets. And he will say to us, well done, good and faithful servants. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for giving us this wonderful song. 
to teach us how to gain a heart of wisdom. May the truth of this psalm continue to guide us, to inspire us, to rebuke us, and to comfort us, so that we may gain the wisdom to live a life that pleases you until we see you face to face. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.